0: Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility presents the Vermont Conversation with David Goodman, exploring ideas with innovators, changemakers, business leaders, politicians, and activists. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by the Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury & Stowe, proud B Corp using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. Vermont Student Assistance Corporation. VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services, need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Green Mountain Power, delivering clean, cost-effective, and highly reliable power to customers and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Norwich Solar Technologies, providing complete clean energy services to Vermont's schools, towns, nonprofits, and businesses. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high-quality, affordable childcare in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy. And nearly 700 VBSR business members who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. Learn more at www.vbsr.org. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. In this hour this week on the Vermont Conversation, we're gonna be talking about challenges being faced by low-income Vermonters in protecting the programs that they rely on. More than one in four Vermont households are one layoff or serious medical incident away from falling below the poverty line. But in recent budgets put forth by President Trump and Governor Scott, low-income people find the programs that they rely on are under attack. Nationally, President Trump is slashing money for food stamps and low income housing, to name just a few programs. And in Vermont, Governor Scott has proposed cutting funds to two programs that aid low income people. The Micro Business Development Program, established in 1988, provides free business technical assistance that's training and counseling and access to capital to low income Vermonters. And the Vermont's Matched Savings Program, which was established in 2000, matches savings and financial education programs for low-income Vermonters. Since the inception of these programs, Vermont's five community action agencies have supported more than 10,000 Vermonters to become self-sufficient and helped launch or expand more than 2,100 Vermont businesses. Here to talk about the the challenges proposed by uh, by these budget cuts, uh, we're joined by Liz Scharf. She is the Director of Community Economic Development for Capstone Community Action, and Jan Demers, who's the Executive Director of the Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity, better known as CVOEO. And full disclosure, my wife is the Executive Director of Capstone Community Action. Jan Demers, I'd like to start with you. Explain these two programs that have been cut from Governor Scott's current budget.
1: Thank you, David. And being cut is one thing, but being eliminated is another. And the proposed uh, amounts cut from the governor's bid, budget would eliminate these programs for the five community actions. so microbusiness gives Vermonters who may have a um, challenges in employment or in um, uh, academics from being able to start business in themselves, people who have ideas. And I'll just give you an example of that. Someone came into our office over a decade ago. His name was Bill Cherry. He was unemployed. He was um, making, he was brewing beer in his home. And he came in with an idea, worked with one of our financial coaches. And the outcome of that was Switchback Brewing. Switchback Brewing is a multi million dollar enterprise that now employs many, many people. And Helps the economy and helps these people sustain their own lives, and that was started through the micro business program of the of CVOEO. So the micro-business program is there to help people with an idea, and the idea can grow to a business plan. And then the business plan starts to um, be fleshed out and going for loans, and then testing, and then proving, and then getting additional education from the IRS and any other sources to make sure that the future entrepreneur has the supports that they need to continue on with their business. And then the match savings and, and along with the match savings and the micro-business program is financial education. And we have courses that help people set goals and that help people... Um, with their credit scores that help people um, then look at what their future is like when they when they meet those goals. So that goes along and is assisted by the Matched Savings Program. The Matched Savings Program is there to assist people to buy their own home or repair a home, to buy a vehicle or to repair a vehicle, to go to school or to start a business. And that savings is the incentive for people to continue to save and grow and find their way out of poverty. The thing that we have in the state of Vermont as we see poverty and the challenges of poverty is that the state and many other sources are very good at helping people somewhat cope with poverty. But how good are we at being able to eliminate poverty and get people out of poverty? I don't know that we can ever eliminate poverty, but the micro-business program and the match savings program are there to advance the causes of people getting out of poverty. They are a pathway for success.
0: You mentioned um, that the founder, the person who went on to become the founder of Switchback Brewing, which is probably known to uh, most people listening. It is kind of an iconic uh, and early uh, Vermont craft beer, uh, began by going to a financial counselor. Um, Explain what is a financial counselor and who is eligible to receive the services that you are describing.
1: Well, when um, Bill Cherry came to our financial coach, Jillian Franks, he was out of work. And so we are working with people who have low income. Um, and um, so people with low income are eligible to um, receive our services. And we, they, ha- they set up one-on-one meetings. They look at first, what are the goals of the person that comes into their office. What are the ideas? What are the solid um, learning that can happen both to prepare them and to get them on their road? So um, it's the time that's spent, and it's the knowledge that our coaches have in the um, challenges that each of these people face who live in poverty. And it's our ability to be able to know and respect the person that's in front of us that just Living in poverty does not mean that a person has lost their ability to think, to grow, to advance, and to take care of their families. Because that's what our goal is. Our Our goal is to promote wealth in health, in, in wellness, and in the economy. So this really is a, an out-of-poverty program.
0: You're listening to the Vermont Conversation, and we're spending the hour this week talking about several programs that have been proposed for elimination in Governor Scott's new budget. Uh, these are programs that aid low-income people. If you want to join this conversation, if you are somebody who's either has an opinion on this or has made use of some of these services and can want to share that story, you can join us uh, by calling 802-244-1777. Liz Scharf, uh, Director of Community Economic Development for Capstone Community Action why is financial counseling, financial planning, why is this so important as people struggle to break out of poverty?
2: That's a great question, David, and thanks for having us. Um, as a financial counselor, um, I work with folks uh, who are low and moderate income. And I find that uh, one of the biggest struggles that um our clients have is one, having enough income to really be able to save. Um, and not just save for an emergency, but also saving for retirement. Um, we just did a, a survey. We do an annual survey every year with the folks who have come in for financial coaching and financial counseling. Um, and 50% of them did not have anything in retirement savings. And that to me is a crisis. It's a worry because we are, you know, we also worry about the future of Social Security. And so these programs um, that we have for financial counseling are really important because. We're providing – what's different about our program is that we're providing non-biased information to help people plan for their future. So we're not selling a product, but what we are doing is helping people build their credit so that they can – Borrow to buy for a home, or borrow to buy for a car, so that they are building some equity and having some assets in their lives, um, in the form of not just um, physical assets like a home or a car, but also retirement savings. Um, and we're we're helping uh, people be better off. Um, I'll give you an example of of a of a person that I've worked with over the last five years. Um, she came to me on Reach Up, which is the state's uh, temporary for Needy Families program um, and we worked together on financial counseling for a few years and um, she eventually got off reach up and she was working um, as a, a dog groomer at one of the box stores and she really wanted to open her own business. She didn't want to be working for someone else and uh, we worked together. I I um, Hooked her up with our micro-business development department, um, and she started a business plan, and eventually... Opened her own business um, in East uh, in East Montpelier. It's called A Cut Above the Rest. And uh, she works full-time grooming dogs um, and, and other pets. And she's also in our match savings program. And she's currently, she saved all her money, and she's currently using that money for all the valuable tools and resources that she needs for her business. Um, and she's one example of someone who was on full state. Uh, assistance in the form of reach-up, in the form of rental assistance, food stamps, child care subsidies. And while she may still have a, a little bit in food stamps, I know she does, and a small amount in rental subsidies, it's nothing compared to what she had before, because she now is a proud business owner. Um, and I think she's just one of many stories that we have of that pairing of financial counseling, the micro business, and Uh, The match savings. So it really is what we call the financial capability programming. We all really work together the sort of the three programs to make sure that the the folks who are coming out of the program um, are going to be successful.
0: Um, You've both referred to the Match Savings Program. Liz, explain how that works.
2: Sure. So uh, this program has been around for um, over 20 years, and it started out um, as a demonstration project um, that our community action agencies were involved in back in 1997. Um, We did receive federal funding for many years um, that allowed us to provide Um, a two-to-one match to savers. So participants who are in the program save $1,000 and then they would get matched with $2,000, one from the federal government and one from uh, from the state um, budget. Now, uh, a few years ago, back in 2017, we lost the federal funding. That federal program um, stopped uh, being in existence. Um, but the state of Vermont um, continued to uh, believe in the program and support us um, through the match. So it's now currently people who are enrolled in the program, um, as they're enrolling today, are getting a one-to-one match. So they save a 1000 and they get a $1,000 match.
0: Uh, up to what level are they matched?
2: Um, up to. Up to the thousand dollars, so the maximum that they can get. So it's they basically save five hundred in the first year, of which they're matched five hundred, and then five hundred in the second year, and so they get a full thousand dollar match. So now, they can save more; they just won't get more than the thousand.
0: What is the point of matching
2: savings? Because it gives people an incentive to save. Um, you know, if if you if you read any kind of research around um, what makes people save, there's often an incentive piece involved um, in it. And and so um, the, the the fact is is that making 100% profit off your money is pretty darn good. I know I don't have that in my bank account right now. Um, and so, but what it also does is it pairs financial education as well as asset-specific uh, counseling. So Jan had mentioned earlier that some of the things that people can save for our uh, first-time home. So not only are they working with us on personal finance, so they'll take classes up to anywhere from five to eight classes around personal finance, so they learn about budgeting, they learn about debt management, safe debt-to-income ratios, they learn about saving for retirement. um, So so they have this whole um, entree of classes that are available to them to help them learn about personal finance. Um, But then they also will go to, we'll refer them to one of our homeownership programs around the state um, where they will then take um, a full, um, they're often day-long classes around home ownership, So they get that training as well. Um, And then the the beauty of it is that they've been saving over time. So they've learned the habit of savings. So we don't just match the money. If they gave us all the money in one day, we don't just match it. We expect them to save on a regular basis so that they get into the habit. And people continue to save. And they often save more than that thousand. 000, they just get mashed with a thousand. Then they can use that for like the down payment towards the house, or a small business, or higher education.
0: You are, you've mentioned that people, you know, getting people into the habit of savings. Why aren't they saving already?
2: Well, um, part of it is that it's really difficult to save um, when you're uh, when you're a low income person. There's just not a lot of money left over. Um, It is, you know, they've got rent, they've got They've got food. They've got child care. We know tra- child care and transportation are some of the biggest costs, um, and the amount of money that people spend um, of their budget, the percentage of their budget that goes to transportation, housing, and child care is far above what is, um, as financial counselors, we deem to be safe levels. But unfortunately, just given the the climate and the economy, it's 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 what people are faced with. So it, it makes it really hard to set money aside. Um, people have a very difficult time even pulling. You know, a small percentage of their paycheck out for retirement for this very reason. Um, but with the incentive and the match savings, that gives people a reason to say, where can I find an extra? So if you're looking at $1,000, that comes to about $45 a month. So people really are, if they're determined, and they are, our folks are really determined people, and they want to save, and, and they do find it in their budget to to save $45 a month, um, which uh, is the equivalent of $1,000 over the two-year savings period.
0: So <clears throat> Jan Demers from uh, CBOEO, how much is the state going to save by eliminating this program? And what would you say are going to be the long-term impacts? What will happen if these programs go away? And for those who are just tuning in, uh, we're speaking about two programs, uh, the Micro Business Development Program and the Vermont Matched Savings Program both of which are for low-income people.
1: Well, it's, it's good to realize that the amount of money that we're talking about is statewide. So you're talking about five community action agencies and the programs for five community action agencies. And so the total amount comes to under $600,000 for the entire state. So that's what's lost. And the other thing that's lost is that there aren't other programs that are doing this. There may be other programs that address business and business encouragement and creation of business, but not for the... Um, People that we serve. Um, there, pro- so that's
0: that's an important point because I know the Scott administration is saying you can get financial and business counseling in other places. But your point is
1: they they that you can't. Um, there is one place that I know of that does just about the same that uh, uh, offerings that we have, not to the. Extent at all. Mercy Connections in in Burlington has a program, but they only take 30 women uh, uh, a year, and some of the women have to pay for the courses. So we are educating in Chittenden County and Franklin Grand Isle and Addison over 800 people in our courses. We don't, our participants for micro business are 200. But with the financial capacity building, the asset building, the match savings, and the micro business, it comes to over 800 people that, we're, that we service um, in our financial capacity uh, program called Financial Futures. So that's lost for these people. And with it comes uh, a scrambling because of the low employment.
0: Now, this is not the only pressure that uh, low-income people are facing in terms of some of the programs that are on the chopping block right now. Talk a little bit about the cuts to food stamps, what it's going to mean. And this is a program called SNAP, but people traditionally know it as food stamps. Explain what is happening both nationally and in Vermont.
1: Well, there's a number of things that are happening and a number of populations that are being... um, Targeted, I would say. Some of the people that are being targeted are people that are immigrants and new Americans, and then um, other folks that are being targeted are people that are just have low income and maybe inching their way back up into sales sustaining. Um, process and being able to maintain maintain their families, the cuts that they are receiving are in, in the state of Vermont are, uh, amount to over millions of dollars. I think it's 700 million, uh, $7 dollars in the state of Vermont that will be lost in food stamps for for this population. And I go to the food shelf. I go to feeding Chittenden. And I see the f- folks that are there getting fresh fruits and vegetables that are there getting um, a week's worth of groceries. And for people not to be able to have that access to the f- things that, the, that would be given to the food shelf um, is devastating. And the food shelf itself would be inundated. With people who had lost some of their food shelf, uh, some of their food stamp benefits, because the strategy for people with have low income is to use food stamps, and at the end of the month, then they go to the food shelves. If the food shelf, if the food stamps are eliminated for this population, then they'll be going in with a regular population that is using the food shelf all the time, and the stress on food shelves right now is intense. Um, To be overwhelmed in this way is um, unimaginable. We will do what we can because we always do, but it's going to be a a great stress, not only individually on families, on moms and dads who are thinking of their children, and moms and dads that I talk to who themselves sacrifice so that their children can have what they need, and so these people will be put under intense pressure.
0: Um, Liz Scharf, you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, I
2: just wanted to add um, that, you know, one of the questions that you asked was, um, what does this mean if we lose these two programs for microbusiness development and the match savings? And I really, you know, first of all, I want to thank the state because I think that Vermont is unique in that it does uh, provide a lot of interesting and innovative programs to help low-income Vermonters, um, and I think that, uh, you know, we've been really grateful for their support because I think that they really do believe in these programs, um, but I believe that if if we lose these two core programs— um, we're losing the mission of community action like the, com- the the mission of community action will almost change because we really are and this is sort of the national mission is not just to provide basic needs um, to meet basic needs but to help people move out of poverty and into self-sufficiency and the programs that we do at Community action in Vermont those programs are the micro business program. They're the financial counseling. They're the match savings program. These are the programs that actually help the folks climb the ladder um, to economic security. Um, So I worry that if we don't have them, these are core foundation programs that, that we can leverage to get other funding as well. So we rely on private philanthropers. We rely on, we've got banks who help us out in our financial capability program. And they do that because they know we have robust programs that are supported by the state. If we don't have that anymore, I I see it as the demise of the financial capability programming in Vermont. Um, And we're not just helping people with businesses. We're doing all kinds of other things too. I think one of the biggest things that I do to help folks is um, helping folks will come into me with student loans in default you know they'll be they'll they'll come and say my wages are being garnished or my tax return has been garnished for the last three years and i don't know what to do and it's actually not hard but they just they they need someone like us to be able to help them through that process so what are
0: some options available to people facing those kind of financial stresses
2: um I don't really know. Um, I, mean, I mean, I think.
0: I mean, as you're saying, when they come in, what are you able to tell people? Oh, what? Facing so loans yeah, so so
2: so if they go, if they have loans in default, um, I've been trained um, and done a lot of work uh, with with folks around student loans in default, and so there's a whole process of what they need to do. They need to go to the National Student Loan Database Center. They need to make sure that they have an account. They need to be talking with the the uh, lender that is currently that. That currently has their loans in default. So there's a whole process um, that that is in place, but they don't know that until they come to us to ask us for that help. Um, and and we do it at no charge. Um, there are people who will help um, that actually have it as a fee for service to help folks um, get out of student loans in default, but we don't charge for that. Does it cost money? Certainly, but it's because we're able to get, um, we're able to leverage other funds to help us support these programs within Community Action Agency.
0: What do you want people to know about what people uh, who are struggling to get out of poverty are dealing with? This is for many people, you know, they're invisible. It could be the person who helps them at a, you know, a local convenience mm-hmm. store or their checkout person. It, it, it's everywhere, yet it's invisible. What do you want people to understand about the lives of folks who are trying to break out of this?
2: You know, David, that's such a good question because before I started working for Community Action Agency, um, I didn't understand the, the depth of, of poverty. Um, even though we have, you know, if you look at it in a percentage, most Vermonters aren't in poverty. But the ones who are, they are the people who are our, our checkout uh, folks at, at the grocery store. They are the LNAs who help us at the hospitals. They're the personal care attendants who come and take care of our, our aging parents. Um, and they're living paycheck to paycheck, and they are also living and and surviving on um, benefits like food stamps.
0: Okay, we're going to take a short break there and, uh, for the news. And when we come back, we're going to have some of the participants in these programs join us. You're listening to the Vermont Conversation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. The Vermont Conversation with David Goodman is brought to you by Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility and by Vermont Student Assistance Corporation, Green Mountain Power, Concept2, Norwich Solar Technologies, The Alchemist Brewery, Let's Grow Kids, UVM Medical Center, and nearly 700 business members of Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. Back to the Vermont Conversation. We're spending the hour this week talking about the challenge faced by low-income Vermonters and a particular challenge which involves two programs that Governor Scott has proposed for elimination. Those are the Microbusiness Development Program. Uh, which provides free business technical assistance uh, and access to capital to low-income Vermonters, and the Vermont Matched Savings Program, which matches savings and financial education programs for low-income Vermonters. We have in the studio with us Liz Scharf from Capstone Community Action and Jan Demers from Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity, or CVOEO. And on the line, we're joined by two Uh, folks who have been benefited from the programs that are proposed for elimination. We're first going to turn to Jennifer Fowler. She is the co-owner of Serene Country Cabins in Hyde Park. Uh, Jennifer, welcome to the Vermont Conversation.
3: Thank you. It's nice to be a part of this. Well, I thought, uh,
0: why don't you just share a little bit of your story, um, how you got started in business and how you came to work with Capstone's micro-business development program and what it did for you.
3: Okay. Well, my husband and I are both, um, we're both born and raised here in Vermont, and we've had a dream of turning our property into something that can be used by others. And um, as I said, we were born and raised here. We did not have a whole lot of means as far as money. We had our creativity, we had our drive, and we had some property. And luckily, I was working at Head Start, and I had learned about the program as I was introducing it to my families, and connected up with Margaret Ferguson for the micro business management and that program turned our dream into reality. I mean, we would not be where we are today without them. Margaret, how, she had workshops. We went to several workshops to work with the, um, the loan officers from different banks so we knew what to expect. She had several workshops on building your business plan and Granted, it took a lot of work and effort from us, but it took their assistance and knowledge and connections. We were connected with Vita. Um, I have since been to many different workshops on marketing to grow our business. Our business started out as um, two, two vacation cabin rentals here in, our, in the woods and we now have 4 that are up and running steady. We are we just went to the bank last week because now we want to grow our business and build two more cabins. So, we we are just so grateful that these programs are available for people who aren't that lucky to have the means to do this. So, I'm very grateful that we had the knowledge and skills to um, to add to our knowledge and skills.
0: What was your situation uh, in life when you first approached Capstone for help?
3: Um, my husband was working. He's been a carpenter his entire life, and I was in education for quite a bit of my life. And then I chose to homeschool, so that led to cleaning houses and cleaning for other businesses. And um, yeah, we were both working our um, 40 hour, 60 hour a week jobs trying to make ends meet. We fortunately, he is a carpenter, so we were able to build our own house and we saved all our money to purchase a piece of property 20 years ago. And, yeah, we have two children, and we put them through school and some homeschooling.
0: Tell tell me about Serene Country Cabins, the business that you run.
3: Serene Country Cabins is a vacation cabin rental business. Our cabins themselves are um, hand-built by my husband and I, and... They are one-bedroom efficiency cabins. They have radiant heat, and we also have the cable TV and Wi-Fi for those people who don't necessarily want to totally disconnect. But we have heard so many people come and express how healing it is here, and it's so quiet and serene. And we have had one woman, she has come back three times now because she is dealing with chronic illness, and she said she just feels so much better and feels the healing happening while she's here. So, I mean, that's our dream is to be able to offer this our some of our space to others to come and enjoy. What
0: was the biggest thing that uh, you learned by going to this uh, micro-business development program at Capstone, something you didn't know before?
3: Wow, there's a lot I didn't know before. I mean, the whole the whole process, first of all, of understanding the process of formulating a business plan and the length of time and work that you need to put into that, it's really critical that that take place before a bank is going to give you any money. I can see that now, it it totally makes sense, but I didn't realize that at the time. Well, let's
0: um, turn to uh, Tim West. Uh, He uh, worked with CVOEO, the business counselors there, and successfully launched an IT business. Uh, Tim, welcome to the Vermont Conversation.
4: Yes, hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Maybe you could just tell us um, a little bit about what you gained from going to CVOEO and, and getting business counseling.
4: Yes uh, well let me just begin first with a big thank you uh, to my business advisor John Gergley and also to Catherine Boudreaux uh, both down there at the Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity. Uh, I can say in honesty that I would not be where I am today without their help and uh, really uh, just to echo the other caller the number of things that I gained from this program It's hard to even begin. It's almost uh, countless, really. uh, But I would say, above all, um, just to have an advisor to give you that spark of inspiration and that spark of courage uh, to go ahead and go into business for yourself. I feel that uh, for a certain demographic, it's easy enough to start a business. If you're someone uh, who's been blessed with a certain amount of means or you have friends who are self-employed, Uh, You have experience maybe in upper management at a different company. You know what it takes to make a business tick. Uh, You have a leg up on starting your own business. But uh, for someone who is maybe younger, who is lower income, who has limited experience in business and frankly doesn't, uh, doesn't know where to start, just to have that trusted voice to say, yes, this is possible. Here's step one. Here's step two and so on. Uh, and just to give you a shove in the right direction and start you off, uh, I would say that above all, just having that spark is the most important thing.
0: What was your situation when you approached CVOEO to try to start a business? Whoa.
4: Well, it had always been a dream of mine uh, to have my own business and be self-employed. I had been working in uh, the IT field in computer and networks for a few years and uh, always had in the back of my head that I would go into business for myself, but just like I say, wasn't really sure where to start. I was uh, working at a local IT company and was kind of winding down my time there, knowing this is something I wanted to do. I was working a second job in the evenings, actually I was working at a local restaurant uh, just to make ends meet, and uh, started to explore the process of starting my own business, and actually got a recommendation from an accountant uh, that I should head on down to see the OEO and hook up with the Micro Business Development Program. And uh, again, I can't say it enough just to have that trusted voice, have someone as experienced in business as as John, uh, someone without any biases to, to bounce your ideas off of, was invaluable to me.
0: What is your situation now? Tell us a little bit about your business.
4: Well, I am the owner and the operator of Green Mountain IT Solutions. Uh, we are a local IT service provider based here in Burlington.
0: Mm-hmm. And is this? Uh, are you, do you have employees or is it uh, just you? Uh,
4: it's just me at this time, uh, hoping to grow s- soon enough. But uh, I've been in business for a year and a half for myself, uh, supporting small businesses, other small businesses around the Burlington area with uh, computer and network support, and basically the idea is to become sort of an outsourced or a managed IT department for companies who are not quite ready to bring their own IT person on their payroll. As we know today, you know, having uh, computer and network systems running smoothly is so essential to business, so I do believe in a proactive uh, approach and keeping a close relationship with the clients, and uh, things are going well.
0: What is something that stands out as something that you didn't know before going for business counseling that you learned?
4: To echo the other caller, really uh, formulating a solid business plan. Uh, Again, as I say, especially if you're someone coming into it without a whole bunch of money, uh, with inspiration and passion, but without a whole bunch of money, and uh, it's really, you know, failure is not an option more or less, if you're going to make this investment and put time into it. So having a really solid business plan, I mean, I before I got with uh, the micro-business development program, I had an inkling of what a business plan was and sort of had a draft I had made. And when I sat down and looked through the packets uh, that they had down there, I mean, a hundred things that I hadn't thought of uh, were there on that paper. And again, as the other caller said, hours and hours of work formulating and tuning this plan to make sure it was going to be a success. Hmm. Um,
0: so if, if you had not gotten this counseling from Champlain Valley, uh, Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity, uh, Tim West, where would you be right now?
4: Oh, uh, frankly, I don't think it ever would have happened. I think I would have continued to hang on to this idea, but uh, still be working for someone else. And uh, may I just say, uh, as far as, it is a shame that the state is considering cutting this program uh, because it's been invaluable to me and I know to so many other Vermonters. And uh, the thing that gets me is that this is a program that helps people help themselves. And in Mm -hmm. fact, uh, especially if I may speak out to Governor Scott, uh, if we're talking about a labor shortage in Vermont, a lack of employment opportunities, especially in our more rural areas. I mean, this is a program where every person who walks into that office, in theory, is starting a new business and creating employment, creating uh, tax revenue for the state, basically out of thin air. So to me, uh, it really is a shame, and it just doesn't add up to consider cutting such a valuable program.
0: Uh, Jennifer Fowler of Serene yeah. Country Cabins. Uh, I wonder if you could also answer that question. What, where would you be right now if you hadn't received this kind of uh, business assistance?
3: Exactly. Uh, yeah, I I agree one hundred percent with the other caller. I would still be working my 40, 40 hours a week job, trying to make ends meet. Um, Absolutely not! Not living that that piece of life that so many of us are missing out on because of our own our own creativity and our own desires and our own ambitions that that don't get met. I mean, and I agree. We definitely have brought so much revenue to Lamoille County to Vermont in general. I mean I have guests who come here and they have they they use this as their base station and they travel all over Vermont on day trips to see different things and go different places and yeah we wouldn't be we would not be offering that if we did not have the assistance and the knowledge of of the many people of community action hmm.
0: Well, uh, Jennifer Fowler and Tim West, I want to thank both of you for sharing your stories with us on the Vermont Conversation. Well,
3: yes, thanks. My for pleasure. Me. Thank you.
0: Well, let me turn back to Jan Demers. <clears throat> she is the executive director of the Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity, or CVOEO. Jan, for people who are listening or who are concerned about these, the elimination of these programs, what can they do?
1: They can do some very powerful things, and that's stay in their own region and go to their legislators and speak to the need of this program, to the aid that it gives to people who are low income to infuse the economy with more power. And um, it's just a conversation. It might be an email. It might be a phone call. It might be a letter, but to reach out to their legislators because the only thing that's going to put this um, funding back into the budget is the action from the legislature.
0: Hmm. Liz Sharf, I- I'm just curious. You know, Vermont has gotten national attention for paying people five or $10,000 to move here. It sounds like the programs that Jennifer and Tim benefited from cost a lot less than that. Um, put this into context of the trade offs we make in terms of how we support people.
2: Yeah, I would agree um, that, you know, we really need to be thinking about the folks who live here in Vermont right now. It's true that our population is decreasing, and that has significant impact on on a lot of things in the state. Um, I'm not against people moving to Vermont. I love people moving to Vermont. I hope my kids move back. In fact, I think my son is planning on um, building his career here back in Vermont because he likes it so much. So, you know, the more people we can get here, that's great. But we can't forget the folks who are already here. And, you know, we were talking a little bit uh, earlier about um, poverty in Vermont. Um, And... The reality is that um, poverty is everywhere. Our neighbors are low income, the people that we work with are low income, the people that serve us in the restaurants and the stores and the hospitals. There's a lot of folks out there who struggle and who work from paycheck to paycheck. Um, And we have to remember that a lot of the folks who do come into our doors at Community Action, especially who are coming to the food shelf, These are people who are working. They just need a little extra assistance. Um, And I give a lot of credit to folks who um, I, I could never start my own business I'd be too scared like I just don't have that confidence and I don't have um, I just I I don't think that that's something that I would dare do and so I give so much credit to folks who who decide to go out on their own Um, and that micro meaning five or fewer employees is like what really drives the Vermont economy are these really small businesses and oftentimes these are businesses that are helping people Make ends meet, so they may have another job, but they also have a business on the side. Um, and I give people so much credit for doing that because it's a lot of work, um, and um, but it but it's an important part of our economy. And
0: is poverty growing?
2: Um, it is, yeah. I mean, and and one of the things that I think is hard to see is that when you when you hear the news, you hear that the unemployment rate is low. Um, that doesn't mean that people in poverty don't have jobs. they do, but there's not necessarily really high paying jobs to help folks. so yes, I would say that the that poverty, especially in like Lamoille county is is definitely growing um and we need to be mindful of that we need to be aware that um that these services are really valuable um to helping folks uh work with the the few and limited resources that they do have Uh,
0: Jan Demers uh, from CBOEO what do you observe about that and Liz raised an important point there is uh, you know whether it's listening to Trump's State of the Union or frankly uh, the governor's state of the state it's all about uh, prosperity economic success you see this from a very different perspective you are working with people whose situation is perhaps not as well touted. Um, What do you see happening for people trying to break out of poverty and people who are in poverty?
1: One of the things that's happening in Vermont is that um, what is happening is that there's deep poverty. There's um, people that have been in the middle class who have perhaps lost jobs, and, um, and they're coming to use our services. But just to recognize that there's also a segment of the population that is not having income. And these are folks that not, may not be ready for to start a business, but they may be. And I'll just tell a really quick story about a man who was homeless, who used our food shelf, who then started to volunteer at the food shelf, and was interested in cooking. He then took our Community Kitchen Academy course, um, and while taking the course, he learned of the micro business program. At the micro, so from Community Kitchen Academy, he went to the micro business program, and in the micro business program, he then started his business plan to make food because of. Um, a need that he saw with gluten-free products, so he then started his business of making gluten-free products, which is being sold at tea, at Healthy Living, and at City Market. So I mean, it's it's all segments of the population, and I think the other thing that was a um, is a myth that we need to just um, disintegrate. And that is the um, need that we have to give people in every status of life the respect and the um, trust that they need to go forward. Because the barriers that we put up for people are barriers that keep them down. If we are open and our doors are open, people will be able to develop their own goals and reach out. So the people in poverty that we see are people that have courage. They are not lazy. They are people that have a dream, and it's our job to help them attain that dream. And we see that happen day after day in all of our programs at CVOEO and at Capstone and NECA and SEVCA and Brock. Um, And so for us, the work is good work. It's hard work. It's good work. And the people that we see um, are able to make changes in their lives but they need a little bit of help, and the help that we have is so little. To take six hundred uh, under $600,000 for the entire state and eliminate that um, is taking our help away. Hmm.
0: Many people want to help in various ways. Some can help with financially, others can volunteer. What are the opportunities, and maybe Jan and Liz will just end on that note, uh, Jan, For those who want to help uh, in your area, um, how can they help?
1: I would suggest that they go to our website, and see, and uh, Liz can give the website for Capstone. But for CVOEO, it's www.cvoeo.org. And from there, you can be inspired for 10 programs across four counties, and you can get plugged into any number of ways. There's also a donate, donate button on each page, and pushing that button will enable us to increase our capacity to do the work that we do. So that's one source. All right. And Liz? Uh, And just quickly,
2: uh, we are looking for volunteers who would love to help out in our vibrant food shelf. We're open Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. There's all kinds of jobs like greeting clients, washing vegetables, stacking cans, and lifting heavy boxes. Um, And there's also a donate button, and it's www.capstonevt.org.
0: Okay. Well, I want to thank you both, Liz Scharf from Capstone Community Action and Jan Demers from Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Vermont Conversation.
2: Thank you. Thank you, David.
0: And that does it for this week's Vermont Conversation. You can hear this in all shows at vermontconversation.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 1 for another Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. Thanks so much for listening. Vermont Conversation with David Goodman. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by Vermont Student Assistance Corporation. VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services, need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Norwich Solar Technologies providing complete clean energy services to Vermont schools, towns, nonprofits and businesses. Green Mountain Power delivering clean, cost-effective and highly reliable power to customers and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. The Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury and Stowe, proud B Corp using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high quality, affordable childcare in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club and nearly 700 business members of Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit.